Turn with me, if you would, to Psalms chapter 14, and uh, we'll try to take our text today. And it is Memorial Day weekend, and we uh, we want to say, uh, you know, Happy Memorial Day to everyone. Good to see everyone, Francis. Good to see you again with us. It's just it's just a thrill to have everybody that's come out to be with us today. I know we've got several that's not with us today, but, uh, but we're glad that you're here, and, and I hope that you came. As the song says, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. And I, I hope that's what you came to do today is to lift up the name of Jesus and, and worship Him and praise Him and give Him glory and honor. I tell you, if you and I want, the rocks and the mountains will. And so God inhabits the praises of His people and He wants you and I to worship Him and adore Him and honor Him and glorify Him. Give Him all the credit. Give Him all the praise and all the glory. If you, if you got your health today and you're able to get out and about, you need to be thanking God for it. You need to be praising God for it today because there's a many that would love to be able to be out doing what you're doing right now. So I just give Him glory and give Him praise. We talked last Sunday uh, about the corruption that's in our world and, and we read that in verse number 1 of chapter 14 in the book of Psalms, and uh, we talked about the atheist and how that, uh, you know, if, if we could, if you and I could pull the, uh, the door open in hell today, and if we could uh, ask in hell, are there any atheists in hell? I can assure you right now, there's not an atheist in hell. I can promise you that if one left here an atheist, he's not an atheist now. Because in hell, the Bible said the rich man lifted up his eyes being in torment. And I tell you right then, he knew it was too late. Listen, you wait till you wait till you open your eyes in hell, it's going to be too late. You're not going to be able to change things when you get there. And I tell you, I believe with all of my heart that that man that, that woke up and lifted his eyes in hell, I believe he's still there right now. And I believe he's still in torment, you know. There'd be those that would tell you there's no such thing as an everlasting torment. And there'd be those that would tell you that hell is not some place of torment and pain, but it's just merely the grave. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. The Bible said that He wanted one drop of water. If He could just get Lazarus to give Him one drop of water to cool His tongue. Let me tell you something, folks. That sounds like to me a place of pain. Sounds like to me a place of torment. Sounds like to me a place that I don't want to go, amen. And by God's grace and through His blood, I don't have to go there. Thank God, I'm so glad of that. But the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. If you're here today and you don't believe there's a God, the Bible said you're a fool. And I pray that God would open your eyes and that you would see the Lamb of God. Because He gave His life for us. Bled died on Calvary so that people wouldn't have to die lost. Oh, it breaks my heart to think about the men and women that are dying without hope, dying without Christ in their life and, and, and finding their way to this awful place called hell. It breaks my heart. All they'd have to do is just lift up their eyes toward heaven and say, Lord Jesus, I'm lost and I want to be saved. Wouldn't that be something to find yourself in an awful place of torment and only to remember all you had to have done was said, Oh God, 
Save my soul, I'm lost and on my way to hell. I don't want to go to that awful place, but oh, so many people have just turned their eyes away from God. The Bible said the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. And then, and then the writer says they're all corrupt. And he begins to give us a, a picture of, of humanity. And this, listen, this, this isn't what people want to see. This isn't what people want to hear about. This isn't what your uh, Baptist crowd does. They don't want to hear that today. The church crowd don't want to hear that today. We don't want to be reminded how sinful we are. We, we don't want to be told how wretched we are. We, we don't want to be reminded of the pit God pulled us out of. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. Sin is inside of us. And we need that sin gotten out of us, amen. And the only way that can happen is through the blood of Jesus Christ. You'll not change yourself. You'll not turn over a new leaf. You'll not be able to somehow turn into some new person on your own. It'll take the blood of Jesus to take a hold of your heart, amen, to change your life this morning. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God, and it's a corrupt world we live in. The Bible says it's an abominable world, full of the works of the devil, and there is none that doeth good. So what's the hope that we have? If everything is like that today, if everything is so corrupt, if everything is so bad, if everything is, is, is headed in the wrong direction, then, then what's the hope that we have? Well, the Bible says in verse number 2 that the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. And the Bible said they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Can you see what God sees this morning? Oh, why, while we're standing in the pulpits and we're praising man and, and we're talking about how, how good we are and, and what we've become and, and how incredibly we have, just, we have just evolved into this great people, I'm going to tell you something. The Word of God tells me different this morning. The Word of God shows me different this morning. I see a crowd gathered there on the banks of the Jordan River. I see people as they've come together. And the Bible said, as Delane taught this morning, there's a man standing down there in the water and he's preaching about being baptized and he's crying out, repent, repent. I want to tell you something, folks. They didn't want to hear that message, but I'm here to tell you today, it's still the same word. It's still the same message. Jesus preached it. Paul preached it. All the men of God that I've known have preached it. Listen, we need to repent of our sins, and we need to turn back to God because we are, and that is the Bible says here, we have done iniquity before God. The Bible said that God looked down, the Lord looked down. You know the Bible teaches us that the Lord, He looked down once, didn't He? Remember when He looked down there in the Garden of Eden? He looked down and He saw Adam and Eve, didn't He? And I want to tell you, when He saw what was going on, it broke His heart because Eve had partaken and Adam had partaken of that forbidden fruit. And their hearts had, 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 had done wrong before God. God had told Eve and told Adam, 
He said, all the fruit of the, of the garden you shall eat. But he said, the fruit of the tree of, of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat thereof. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And they could have, they could have eaten any other fruit in that garden. But they went down there to that tree that God forbidden them to go to. And there at that tree they partook of that fruit. And there they, they disappointed God. They, they, hey listen, they, they just deliberately disobeyed the word of God right there. And the Bible said that it, what it done was the sin separated them and God. And God looked down and he saw that sin. I'm going to tell you something, folks. God's looking down today and He sees what's going on. and He sees the sin in this world right now. And I'm, I can assure you it breaks the heart of God. When God sees the sin in our lives, it breaks His heart. And God looks down upon that lost soul that's never been saved, it breaks God's heart. And God sees the wretchedness and the vileness that's out here around this church, it breaks God's heart. The little person that's down here eat up and at with with the uh, uh, you know taking drugs and 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 hooked on meth and all of this and their body about to wither away. I'm gonna tell you, God sees that. And that alcoholic sitting down there in the bar room or there at the house that's dried up on liquor and that body withering away. God sees that. God sees the awfulness of sin. God sees that woman who's selling her body. God sees all of this. He sees that man that's laying with that other man. He sees that woman that's laying with that other woman. God sees that murder down there on the street. God sees all the filth and all the wretchedness. I want to tell you, God is looking down. And He sees what's going on. People says, well, can God, can God actually see what's happening down here? I can assure you God sees what's going on. God sees the sin in your heart. God sees the sin in my heart. God sees, hey, listen, He knows where I've been. He knows what I've done. He knows, oh God, He knows my mind. He knows everything about me. And God knows everything about you this morning. There's nothing hidden from God whatsoever. There's not a place in your heart that you might say, well, I tucked that away. I put that way back in yonder somewhere. And I, I'm trying to forget that. But I'm going to tell you something. God sees it. God sees it. It may be some kind of hatred some kind of bitterness, some kind of brokenness, some kind of hurt that you're not able to forgive somebody for what they done. But I'm going to tell you something, God sees it. God knows it's there. And God through His Holy Spirit is crying out to you to repent. Repent of your sins. God's looking down this morning, church. God's looking down upon these empty pews. God knows where people are at. People, they'll say, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And oh, I've got this going on and I've got that going on. But I'm going to tell you something. God knows our hearts. He knows if we, if we really are concerned or not. He knows if we really care or not. 
I understand people have to miss church. I understand sometimes it's just it's just not possible that you can be in God's house. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. I'm worried about some of our people. I'm concerned about some of our people. It bothers me that we don't want to spend time with God. It bothers me we don't want to be in God's house anymore. It bothers me that we don't want to hear the priest word of God anymore. It bothers me that we don't love each other enough uh, to come around here and shake hands uh, and hug each other's neck. Uh, that bothers me. And I'm going to tell you God's looking down. God sees what's going on. I don't care what I say or anybody else says. God's looking. God sees. God's, hey, God can tell you what you're going to do tomorrow. Think about that. You, you don't even know what tomorrow has in it. But God already knows. God's looking into your future. God's looking into your life. And your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. One day you'll be like you'll be like all those others unless the Lord comes back they'll plant your body somewhere on a hillside and you'll give up the ghost and the wind will blow across your grave like it blows across everyone else's and the grass will flow back and forth and you'll just be a memory but God's looking down God's looking down and he sees us folks I said something earlier about wasted years and wasted time. Oh, it breaks my heart to think how many of us are going to stand before God one day. We're going to stand there before the majesty, the sovereign one, the creator God, and we're going to stand there before Him. And God's going to look at us and say, I gave you 70 years. I gave you 80 years. I gave you 90 years. I gave you 100 years. Or I gave you 10 or 20 or 30. What did you do with them? What did you do with them? Oh, it's important this morning, folks, that we understand God's looking down. God sees what's going on. There's nothing hid from God. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men. Let me say this this morning in closing. If you're here lost or backslid, God's looking down on you right now. Terry was here last Sunday night and he preached about David and the sin David committed. And... Uh, And it, most of you was here. If you wasn't here, I'll just try to give you a little bit of what he was talking about. But David, it, you know, the fact is, David sinned. We know that. We know David done wrong. The sad thing is, is David thought he could hide it. That's the sad part. It don't matter if it's a big sin or a little sin. 
Disobedience is disobedience. Is there really a big sin or a little sin? Sin is sin. The sad picture about what David went through was the fact that David tried to hide his sin. And he tried to keep it hid from everybody. The adultery. The adultery was just the beginning. The lust was the start. The adultery was the second step. Or maybe would we even go back and rewind just a little bit more and see David laying there when kings were, in a day when kings were at war, when, when the kings went out to fight, David was at home being lazy, just being lazy. Had he been where he should have been at, he'd have never been in the situation he got himself into. But with all of that said, David committed the lust, the adultery, and then he began to try to cover it up, you know. And, and that's, that's where we're all guilty. We try to cover things up. And until, until, you know, there was Uriah. This, this, this Uriah was a, a great warrior, a great fighter. He was down there in the battle fighting. And Bathsheba, his wife, you know, she was at home. And David lays with her. He finds out who she is, finds out who her husband is. He calls Uriah back to the palace, tells Uriah, you know, that he wants to give him a break from the battle and I want you to go home and be with your wife, you know, and all of that and, and spend some time with her. And he, all he was doing was covering himself up. And Uriah, being the committed man that he was, could not see himself going down and having pleasure with his wife while those that he, he was in company with there in military were fighting and giving their lives. So he laid there at the door all night long and would not go in to his wife. So David's plan failed, didn't it? So David had Uriah sent out onto the front lines and had him killed basically in, in the war trying to cover and hide his sin. And as Terry brought out here Sunday night, David's plan was going according to plan and everything was going just fine until God stepped in. And God stepped in and told the prophet Nathan to go down and visit David. And He went down and told David exactly what David had done and said, you're the man. You are the man. You are the one that has transgressed against God's word. I just want to remind you of that this morning, just to, just to remind me and remind you that God's looking down. And God saw what David done. God sees what I do. God sees what you do.
And I just want to remind you that it, it breaks God's heart. It disappoints God. And what you can do today that would bless the heart of God and it would be pleasing to God would just to be to say, Lord Jesus, I realize my sins, they're before you. I can't hide anything from you. You're looking down upon my life today. You see my heart. And God, I want to just openly confess my sins to you today. I want you to know, Lord, that I've failed you and I'm so sorry and I'm so, I'm so disappointed in myself and I, I want you to please forgive me, Lord. I want, I want your cleansing in my life. Take this, take this hurt away from me. Take this disappointing feeling that I have in myself away from me because I do understand, God, that you know my heart. And you know what I've done. And I'm so sorry for it. And I tell you today, the Bible tells us that a broken heart and a contrite spirit, he'll not reject it. He'll not turn it away. If you mean business with God today, if you're tired of sin, and if you're really tired of sin, God, God can forgive you. If you're tired of living in sin, God can God can forgive you today. But you've got to be willing to repent. You've got to be willing to admit you're wrong. See, that's what you got. See, that's what the world don't want to do. That's what America don't want to do. That's what society don't want to do. We don't, we don't want to admit we're wrong. Delane was teaching this morning. Listen, we, we, want, we want to think of ourselves as good. We, we want to see ourselves as good. And, and, and there's one thing to have a positive attitude, but it's another thing to let Satan pull the wool over your eyes. Amen. We're not all good. If we were all good, why would Jesus have come and died for us? We're, if we're all all right, if we're all okay, if everybody's going to heaven, why in the world would Jesus put himself through what he put himself through? No. No, I just read to you where we're all corrupt. We're sinful. We're wicked. Sin is inside of us. The only thing that can remove that sin that's in our lives is when we come humbly and brokenhearted before Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Please forgive me. If you're here today lost and you've never been saved, the only way you'll ever be saved is when you're willing to give Christ your heart and your life plus nothing else. You're not holding on to anything else. I heard one preacher say, until you get ready to die, you'll not get saved. Until you think you're dying, you'll not get saved. Until everything is laying on the line, when you're ready to put it all on the line and it's heaven or hell, then you're ready to be saved. Do you want to go to hell? What a foolish question. Does anybody want to go to hell? No. Did the rich man want to go to hell? Of course not. Does God send people to hell? Of course not. You'll go to hell an intruder. 
because God did not make hell for you. God did not design hell for you. He designed it for Satan. He designed it for those fallen angels. But if you choose by your choice, if you choose to live without acknowledging Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your destiny is hell. And you will hear the words from God one day and He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Now listen, I know that's not something to shout about. But what you can shout about is giving your heart to Jesus. That's what you can shout about. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. That's what God can do. And He wants to do that for you today, if you'll let Him. I trust that you've heard what God said. I trust that you understand the seriousness of what we're dealing with. And I pray that right now you'll humble yourself before God. The Bible said, lest we come as humble as a little child, we shall in no wise enter in. We've got to humble ourselves before God and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Please save me. Please save me. And folks, on the authority of God's word, he can save you today. And he can make you a fit subject for the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that something to shout about today? Amen. I tell you what, when I come to church and it's like it is today, and you know, and with crowds down and you can kind of tell everybody's not woke up yet. I just, you know, we was in the choir first thing this morning. There's just a handful of us here trying to sing. It'd be easy to look around and get disappointed. It'd be easy just to, you know, give up. But I remind myself, Lord, it's not about me. It's about you. And I said, Lord, not just for me, but for those that's here, you know, for those that's here, Lord, I said, just help us to keep our eyes on the cross. Help us to keep the course. Remember the cause. Because Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. So we're going we're gonna to get a song of invitation this morning. And, um, I don't know your heart. don't know how God may be dealing with you. I don't know. All of y'all can look around and count how many's here today. But it could be somebody sitting to your left or to your right that's never been saved. Could be somebody sitting in front of you or behind you that's never been saved. Do you understand what it means to be saved today? Sometimes I wonder in our churches if if we if maybe we don't understand what it means. Because because of the way we shout and the way we worship. I don't know if we really understand what it means to be saved by God's grace. But I believe if you'll read your Bible, you'll find out that there's joy. There's joy in the Lord. There's joy in the Lord.
So, Randy, if you'll come on, and uh, Tangie, I guess you'll have to come and play, or Brent won, because Carol's gone. But uh, we'll get a song of invitation, and, you know, this would be a great day to start revival, wouldn't it? We've been teaching on Wednesday nights about Nehemiah and how God called him to action and how the people had a mind to work. And, and I tell you what, I see so much of that, you know, just in me and in our church. And I say, God, help me to be that Nehemiah. Help me to be those people that had a mind to work. Help me to see people dying lost. Help me to see the walls needing to be rebuilt. God, I don't want to give up. I, I don't want to fall into this trap everybody else is in. I don't want to be just, uh, just satisfied with the normal, you know, be content with just everything just rolling smooth. God, I want your will to be done. I want you to be glorified. I want to see people come to know Christ and see our church seeing people saved. That's what I want to see us doing. I tell you, today could be the start of revival. We may not be many, but today could be the start of revival. Because all it would take is one person just stepping out in obedience and coming to Christ and saying, Lord Jesus, I'm tired of sin. And I want to be free. And if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Are you tired of sin today? Are you tired of where it's took you? Are you tired of what it's done to you? Are you tired of the messes that you've made out of your life because you've, 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 you've trusted yourself and every road you've went down has just been a dead-end road? It's always the same story all the time. Aren't you tired of that today? Would you, would you come to Christ? Would you come to Jesus? Let Him change your life today. Let Him give you a new start.